Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. From Annabelle to Robert to Chucky. Dolls have haunted our childhood dreams for centuries, and now there's an island embellished with hundreds of decaying dolls, some decapitated, others amputated, just south of Mexico City. Mexico is a country with deep religious beliefs and a very spooky and haunted history. One of these sites has an equally creepy title, the Island of Dead Dolls. Here on this single acre, which houses three huts and a crowd of decaying dolls, locals swear they see ghosts and hear shadows talking. It is, they believe, cursed. How did this tiny piece of land get its name? Who in their right mind created this sanctuary for broken dolls that hang from trees like Christmas decorations from a horror movie? And why? Join us as we travel to Mexico to find out the answers to why the Island of Dead Dolls exists and why it is a drawcard for dark exploration and ghost hunters. Would you dare step into this cursed place? Hi, I'm Renata. Hi, and I'm Anne, and we welcome you back to the True Hauntings podcast, into our dark space as we roam through the story to find out the truth behind it. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. Hello and welcome back, Anne. We are finally here back on Terra Firma, Terra Australis, Land of Oz. How's your arms feeling? Super. 
I thought they might be tired after all that flying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's great to be back, but sort of isn't as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, there could have been a continuum happening if the money hadn't run out. I but know. never mind. <laughs> We, but we never did get to eat the cup of soups. No. We never got no, that desperate no, that we had to, to no. go to the cup of soup. <laughs> yeah, they weren't abandoned either. You did bring them back. I did. I brought back a whole block of Rocky Road chocolate. Oh, I forgot we bought that. <laughs> oh, hey. I left with it oh. and I bought it back. Have you eaten it yet? No, I haven't. Well, we've got a big road trip coming up. We're mad. <laughs> We're mad. So we've arrived back Wednesday morning at five o'clock and a big shout out to Michelle and Jody. Oh, bless who them. Who came and rescued us because there was no hire cars left. There, we, I actually no, there a, was one for $7,000. $7,600 for a six hour hire. Mm-hmm. What the duck? Mm. Um, it was a little loudy, but, you know, I'm not paying that. I wasn't going to buy the bloody thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so they put up their hands and they said they would come and pick us up. So what we did was we got Michelle to pick us up and drive us halfway. Mm-hmm. And then Jodie met, met us halfway and brought us back the rest of it because otherwise we would have been on that train. Yeah. And I know by the time I got home, I was exhausted. Yeah, yeah. Because it was a big, big flight back. But I've now completely forgotten what I'm talking about. Oh, that's right. We've only arrived um, on Wednesday morning. Uh, we're now recording this on Friday lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and tomorrow we're jumping in a car and driving for six hours to Gundagai. Oh, yes. I we're, can hardly wait. We're going to old Gundagai <laughs> Jail because Appy, A-P-P-I, puts on a great tour there. That's true. And uh, some of our grand poobars, who are our Patreon supporters, had said to us, you know, if you ever go to the old Gundagai Jail, please let us know because we all want to come with you at the same time. And uh, we thought, well... Yeah, let's find a weekend. So we picked that weekend, mm-hmm. forgetting that we'd only been home for two days. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to be jet lagged, mm-hmm. trying to drive five hours mm-hmm. and then try to do an investigation past midnight and then drive home the next day because we've got to do Spooky Sundays. Oh, yes. Sp- Sundays? Sp- spooky Sundays yes. on Sunday. Yes. Uh, and then don't forget the next weekend we are in um, Geelong. Yes, so Thursday we fly out to Geelong. <laughs> We've got to record another True Hauntings before we go. <laughs> Just saying. And we're there for the weekend. Yep. And then after that, the next two weekends, we're in Norfolk Island. We are. <laughs> We've got I to just, record another just, True Hauntings before we go there too. <laughs> slightly crazy. But we love it. This is this is living the life to the fullest. Living la vida loca. <laughs> And you're going to get some more of our Mexican slash Spanish today as we delve into Mexico. I apologise now for our pronunciations. They will suck. Let's just say they're going to suck a big chocolate-coated banana. (laughs) Oh, well, look, we had three attempts at the first sentence before I gave up and I said, yeah, you do it. Yeah, so we switched and then I took over the first sentence and then you started giggling. And that was it. I was gone. But we'll, we're going to get those out. We're going to put them into your outtakes and our um, Patreon supporters, the Grand Poo Bars, are going to get that uh, so they can hear all the shenanigans that start before we even start getting the recording done. Absolutely. And at this stage, we want to give a shout out to Bonnie as well, who's been our producer on uh, True Haunting 
things up until oh, for the last six months, really. Mm-hmm. And we've now got Campbell who has taken over. Bonnie's uh, got very busy, but she's organised Campbell to come on board. So, Campbell, thank you so much for helping us out and getting the True Hauntings podcast up and out there to everyone. Yes, yes. And please, guys, share this around. We've actually won an award. Oh, that's right. We've won an award. For the, um, in the Paranormal Awards that were... Um, uh, the, the announced a couple of weeks that, ago. That's it. They're yes. the words. The words, in- words are hard at the moment. We are jet lagged. <laughs> but be- in America. Before we get to what we won, let's let's go to the other parts. I would like to introduce you all to Renata Daniel, who is the second best <laughs> psychic in the whole world. That's- a whole, a whole she was, universe. She was the, the multiverse. Run, the runner-up. She didn't see that coming. Uh, so she is the second best psychic in the world. Oh, and uh, let me introduce you to Anne Rekovich, who is the second best psychic. Uh, not psychic. Oh, no, I'm not psychic. Paranormal investigator. Thank you. In the whole wide world. I, I have stepped back. I was the best last year, but I've 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 lost out to a better oh, person. Who, look, who wants and the congratulations, best? Congratulations, Rosie. Well deserved. Um, um, but then we've also got our frightfully good team. Yes, who are also the second, second best. best. <laughs> so we're going to get t-shirts made up saying we are the second best in the world. <laughs> Uh, but we did win some, didn't we? Yes, we actually won um, for the best podcast, True Hauntings. Yay, team! Ooh, thank you, everyone who voted for us in that one. We really appreciate yeah. it. And look, guys in America, you are our second best followers <laughs> in the whole wide world. Um, you are just, just runners up to uh, Australia, um, just by a, a whisk. <coughs> on our chinny chin chins. <laughs> and I've got a few of those these days because I'm at that age. So let's have a contest. Let's see between America and Australia who have become our biggest fans because yeah. it is so close. It's literally... I tell you what, Canada and UK are up there as well. Yeah, it's but America and Australia are the big the Yeah, big they ones, are the so. big ones. Um, and we also took out one other award. Oh, yes, um, Australian Ambassadors. It was hotly contended, that one. <laughs> Oh, a multitude of entries. We may have been the only people nominated. I love Don't the, say that. I love Alex who um, presented that award saying, and the nominees are, <laughs> and they've won it. Uh, uh, oh, well, never mind. Uh, the thing is that the awards are open to everyone yeah. and um, it's, it's kind of not um, – like exclusive, anyone can put their hand up and Absolutely. go, we'll, we'll go into these awards. It's just a matter of doing the work and getting into the awards. And look, awards are fun. They're a fun thing. Yeah, um, you know, in a few years' time, the Paranormal Awards will be like the Met Gala and we'll all, <laughs> we'll all be appearing somewhere in our in our costumes, oh, with our jewels. Oh, I won't be doing it by then. I'm, I'm, I'm not into that crap. Uh, but anyway, um, guys, we love the fact that you are spending time with us and listening to our shenanigans and to the podcasts we absolutely adore and love producing them and um, giving you the content Um, and we are completely and totally grateful that you are taking time out of your week uh, to go for the ride of your life on these stories 
Um, and also, due to a popular request, we have had people wanting to send us things, and we're very open to that. Uh, so we've organised a post office box so that you can actually do that. And I'm just trying to find it here. I think it was P.O. Box 2285. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was on our postcode over there. Uh, Danga, D-A-N-G-A-R. New South Wales, and then we've got a postcode on that, which, <laughs> Renata, go get the postcode, quick, so we can, um, I think, actually, it might be here. Um, the postcode is 2309 Australia, so just make it, address it to Anne and Renata, P.O. Box 2285, Dangar, so it looks like danger, but it's an A-R at the end, New South Wales 2309 Australia, and we will very happily read yours out. So thank you, Catherine, who was the very first person who sent one to us, uh, and she sent us a postcard from Patterson, New South Wales, saying, what's brown and sticky? Renata, do you know? A stick. Oh, God, you gave it away. You're supposed to go, I don't know. Oh, I don't know, Anne. A stick. Oh, that's that's hilarious. (laughs) Good God. I need another accomplice. All right, let's get on with the show. It's best if I start by setting the scene. There's four of us, plus our boatman, on a bright and colourful covered trainera, the gondolesque wooden boat that navigates the historic canals of Mexico City, Xochimilco district. It's a Monday, and had we come one day earlier, it would have been packed with Mexican families drinking and picnicking on a veritable flotilla, catching up and enjoying each other's company to the sounds of traditional musicians drifting slowly by. Today, it's nearly empty, save a few local families on vacation and a few travellers like ourselves, but the mood is cheery as we float by, offering smiles, waves and more than a few holas, most of which are returned enthusiastically. We came to Xochimilco with a mission to visit the incredibly strange and would-be heartbreaking, if it wasn't so kitschy, Island of the Dolls. And what will turn into a seven-hour total journey is really just beginning. At this point, it's worth pointing out the canals of Xochimilco are a World Heritage Site. And what became abundantly clear to us shortly after arriving is that many in the town seem to be well aware of the income potential that comes with such a label. As soon as we left the train station, helpful strangers began pointing us in the direction of the Embacadero, about ten minutes' walk away. At first we were impressed. Mexicans are, in our experience, extremely helpful and welcoming to visitors, and we assumed we were on the receiving end of some warm hospitality. And then it just got ridiculous. In the 10-minute walk, no fewer than 10 men gave us unsolicited directions to the Embacadero. And as it went on, the seeds of suspicion began sprouting in our minds. As it turns out, we were being directed to the significantly more expensive Embacadero. 
what should have been 14,000 pesos for a four-hour trip was now being sold to us for 2,500. Add to that, he was offering bottles of water at a 1,233% increase compared to shop prices. And if that wasn't enough, he was setting up what I can only assume is a practice scam. He told us the boat lift, which is necessary to get to the island of the dolls, wasn't working the day prior, warning we may have to give up about an hour into our journey, forfeiting a significant amount of our agreed upon price. Having researched the price and with the man refusing to budge, we made the decision to give up walk back to the train station and head back to Mexico City with our pride intact. And we did just that, retracing our steps. We glanced down a main road as we set off back to the train station, only to find a smaller, separate dock full of boats. So we went there negotiated a fair price in less than five minutes, confirmed the good and consistent health of the boat lift, and set out to see Mexico's Island of the Dolls. Let's get on to the urban legend, and let's get on to the story that seems to be on the internet, everywhere you look, it's kind of more or less, it's it's grown. It's it's sprouted a Pinocchio's nose. Yes. And every time... And centipede legs. Yeah, and every, every time you hear it and every time you read it, it's, it's bigger, better and brighter. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting. Yeah. So tell us about the, the history of the islands. How mm-hmm. did they come to be and, and the... the the personalities involved. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, mind you, I've just thrown that at you and um, I don't know <coughs> what you've got there for your history notes, mm. but um, I need you to do that to make my stories look good, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> La Isla de la Munecas is located in the area hang on, hang of... On. Her teeth just fell out trying to say that. <laughs> is located in the area of Xochimilco, a borough within the Mexican Federal District, uh, which was historically positioned on what was once Lake Xochimilco. I was going so well. Xochimilco. So we we are trying to pronounce as best as we can. Asbestos? (laughs) What are we going to do with asbestos? As we can. Oh. So Xochimilco is a locale. And it's, it's quite well known for its extensive system of canals, which are a relic of the times when settlement in the Valley of Mexico was interconnected by a network of canals and lakes, which I had no idea about. Yeah. Yeah. So found, uh, there was a few things that fell into place in my mind. Um, and I feel really dumb now that I've sort of looked at it all and gone, oh, that all makes sense now. Now yeah. I understand where all that comes from. Yeah. It's it's interesting when you go into these things and you learn about these places. Um, they become quite fascinating. And um, our American um, listeners will probably know more about this than, than what we do because uh, Mexico and America are so far from us mm. that um, we, we don't know. It's not part of our basic history. Yeah, yeah. 
So the island itself uh, is known as a chimpanzee, chinampas, chinampas, and they—that's uh, a name for artificial islands, mm-hmm. uh, which were built in shallow areas of the lake during the pre-Hispanic period, uh, as a means of increasing the land so that they could have more agricultural space. So the pre-Hispanic period. Do you know who they are? The Aztecs. The Aztecs. Yes. And that was one of the things that fell into place for me because it was sort of like I've always heard about the Aztecs and um, it was a little bit like uh, Atlantis to me. It was this place that you knew about but didn't know where it was. And then I thought, oh, the Aztecs. Oh, okay. That's that's Mexico. I get it now. Yes. So please forgive me for being not... Oh, I'll just say naive. Naive in that area. Mm. So the Chinampas were mounds of earth and mud heaped upon a frame of intertwined juniper branches and tied to the shore. Isn't that clever? That is crazy ass. Yeah, so they didn't have enough land, so they created land. They created land. Bloody brilliant. So as the island sank, new ones would be built on top, stocking one over the other until a rectangular island was eventually formed and permanently fixed to the bottom of the lake. Still astounds me. Yeah. Uh, now, upon these islands were grown a variety of crops and they were of great economic value during the time of the Aztec Empire. Mm-hmm. So it's the Aztecs that started yeah. this whole building thing. Yep. Now, how culturally diverse were these people to be able to come up with all of these ideas mm. and create this stuff? In and a we non, always, non-technological world. Yeah, and we always look back and kind of think, you know, we are oh, we are so much better. Oh, we are so not woke. And, um, you know, more brilliant and, uh, you know, so technologically advanced. And yet these people were working with, you know... Sticks. Basic stuff. Mud, twine. Yeah. There you go. So... The artificial islands were so lush that they were also known as floating gardens and the large number of chinampas constructed subsequently contributed to the gradual shrinking of Lake Xochimilco into the canal system that is seen there today. So during the time of Cortes, many people fled there to the Xochimilco area to hide in the canals. Now, a lot of these people were women and children hiding from the conquistadors because many of the women would be killed and would rather hide than be caught and raped by the Spanish. Oh, my God. So it was an area where they could disappear or try and disappear. And, you know, I guess the conquistadors would hang out in spaces that were easier to, you know, take over. They'd be so easily um, uh, ambushed in those places as well. Yeah. Uh, They wouldn't know. When I looked at some of the videos, it sort of reminded me of the, the... uh, Florida swamps. Mm. Yeah. I was surprised to see it there. Yeah, yeah. So the island of the dolls was for centuries, they say, a place to disappear. Now, in modern times, where most of the chinampas have deteriorated and fallen into disrepair, yet still around 5,000 of them remain and they are really popular with tourists who ride along the canals in special gondolas called Traineras, 
God, I've got no hope of saying any of these words. <laughs> um, now, it's got a very important historical connection, of course, to pre-Hispanic Mexico and Xochimilco with its ancient man-made islands and canals is deemed now as a World Heritage Site. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, however, one of these chinampas, the one we are going to focus on in this episode of True Hauntings, is very disturbing but it attracts hundreds of seekers of dark and spooky thrills every year uh, and the locals will tell you that it is very haunted mm. and it bears the name of the Island of Dead Dolls. I've never actually seen the title the Island of Dead Dolls. I just saw it as the Island of the Dolls. Mm. But as dead dolls. Dead dolls. As if they were alive once. Yes, Ooh. because we have this this thing about dolls, and this was mentioned in, in our opening statement. Shout, shout out to Christy because we know how much she loves dolls. Yeah, because <laughs> dolls Not. have been kind of either beloved or they will make you freak out. Yeah. But superstition kind of holds the thought that dolls can hold the spirit of They're a vessel. People. They're a vessel. Well, didn't they actually in the Victorian times weave in some of the hair of the um, like children who have passed young? They would take the hair and weave it into the, the doll and um, it almost became like a vessel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And even if you look, and I mean, this is really sad. No, I'm not going to say it. No, no, I won't go there. I won't go there. Well, the, I'll retract that. No, no, well, I mean, it's, it's to do. Well, it's to do with we kind of come into this world, and if you're a female, you're handed a doll, mm-hmm. and um, if if you look in aged care, mm-hmm. um, and people who have dementia, mm-hmm. they are handed a doll. Yeah, sometimes yeah, because they revert back to the time where they they had babies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so it's this full cycle, and it can sometimes be rather creepy and odd. Yeah, um, and I can understand why people can be creeped out by this. Mm. Um, and for some people, this place, the Island of Dead Dolls, is on their bucket list because it's both intriguing to them and as scary as all hell. Can I just say it was on my bucket list? Keep going. Oh, was it? It was. So the story of the Island of the Dolls or the Island of Dead Dolls is pretty unusual, but also the creator of this island is also pretty unusual and the story behind him is also quite Intriguing because there are many different layers of the story. There is. So I'm going to tell you one or two. Now, his name. I want you to tell one. All right. So his name is Don Julian Santana Barrera. And in the 1950s, Don Julian was preaching the word of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. at a time when Mexicans weren't really interested in hearing from him who was this man Mm -hmm. and why was he talking about God Mm -hmm. and who told him that he could. Mm. So um, in the 1950s, it was a great time of change in Mexico. So kind of what was happening around the 1950s to make it special. You know, World War II had um, just finished and a lot of Mexicans were emigrating over to America, mm-hmm. either legally or illegally. Mm-hmm. Now, some of them had been deployed into um, the armies, air force, navies, to um, be part of um, the American crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and they decided to stay in America. 
So I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of them are wanting their families to come over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it was that time when yeah, thousands of people were trying to get to America. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of uh, deeply religious stuff going on within that time as well. And people really believed and trusted the priests to get them out of um, the difficulty that Mexico was going through because of the war. And poverty was starting to really overcome the normal citizens. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there was a certain crowd of people that were becoming even more rich Mm -hmm. on the back of those poor people. Have you been to Mexico? That were left in Mexico. No, I haven't, but I have seen. I have. And we oh, only, have you? I have. And it was the last time I went to America. I only went to Tijuana. So it was just across the border. And I don't know what I was expecting. Um, uh, I was shocked how from being on the American side of the border to the Mexican side of the border, how English language disappeared. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's my naivety again. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, there was a McDonald's on the border. I went in to order and, and they, they couldn't understand. I had to point to the pictures I wanted. Um, but I, I remember coming back and looking down into the drains and there was just humanity living down in the drains. Mm. Um, the total... Um, Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. No help available for these people. Mm. There was nothing for them. They were desperate. Yeah. And it was very disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. It went a bit, bit mm. dark. Yeah, but anyway. Mm, I don't think much has changed. But you can buy um, lots of medications over there, apparently really cheap, such as um, Viagra. <laughs> Every shop would go past, you want Viagra? And I'm going, no, no, he's quite good, thanks. He doesn't need the help. Um, apparently um, there are a lot of um, plastic surgeons. Yes. Oh, Just across. Yes. Oh, no, no. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Don't give away my oh, secrets, Renata. Yeah. <laughs> Much work let's, done while let, I was there. Okay, let's but go I've got, back I've to the story. Got, you can see over on my little altar there. I've got a black skull yep. from the Day of the Dead with um, the blue. Yeah, I bought that in Mexico. Oh, yeah. There you go. I never knew. So, as I was saying, um, Julian was talking to God, 
And uh, a lot of people took offence at that. And he was beaten up a lot um, for doing so. But he still had this desire. Um, And so he kind of went off to live on an island on his own. Now, the, 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 the point of him and dolls... Um, is a bit murky because there are stories that say he started to... Um, I'm giving her a sign that she's okay. not allowed to tell too many because right. that's going into my area. Well, he starts give, give the basic one. Yeah. All right. Okay. So he, he was a native of this um, Shokimilco, um, which is a borough in uh, Mexican, Mexico We're City. We're going for a now, are we? Oh. <laughs> it's like a chocolate milk. Oh, milk, please. milk. That's the one. <laughs> oh my god. god. Just say chocky milk from now on. We've, we've got it. We've nailed it. Oh, thank god I can finally pull her up on a pronunciation. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> there goes the ways. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, we're back in Chucky Milko, yeah. And he's he's gone to live on an island in the the Chimpananas. We were being way too sensible. Come on, we had to go there. Uh, And he left his wife and family um, somewhere in the mid 20th century and, yeah, went on this island. That's about the 1950s. Yeah. So he, um, his reasons for doing so, like I said, are pretty hazy at the best. And, of course, we are, um, we are talking about an urban legend. Um, but he wasn't necessarily sound of mind, let's say. Let's say. So maybe he was having visions or maybe something was going on for him. Maybe he was um, too tired of being beaten up, whatever it was. Um, not long after relocating to this island, he made a discovery on the shores of where he was living and a body of a young girl, which had drowned in the lake, floated up and he found her. And this would have been very, very disturbing for him, of course. And this changed his life and the island forever. After that point. (coughs) Now, excuse me, he was, of course, deeply religious and uh, he wanted to put this beautiful child to rest and he grew very fearful of uh, this girl not being put into sanctified ground. And he later found a doll that had washed up on shore and he believed that this doll was this little girl's play toy and at night what would happen would be that he would hear the wailings of this girl of this child that he had lifted out of the waters and she would talk to him And she would tell him how terrified she was and how she wanted her doll back. And so he decided to hang this doll up in a tree to appease her soul because he felt that if he didn't do that, vengeance would be thrust upon him. He started to become very, very superstitious, very anxious, very stressed that this child was now putting a curse on him and that he would be 
be intertwined with her soul for the rest of his life. So to keep the girl's spirits up, he he put this doll, the original doll, which is still there, up mm-hmm. in the tree. Mm-hmm. But it seemed to quieten this spirit of this child for one night or two nights at best, and then he would hear her again. So he felt the need to continue to find dolls that would appease this child and so whatever would come through and be washed up in the canal he would go and save these items he would retrieve whatever he could out of dustbins for the next 20 odd years and place whatever it was in whatever state it was up in trees now some of these Items were only <clears throat> parts of dolls. They might be a, a an arm or a leg or a head or whatever. He didn't do anything about um, dressing them or cleaning them. He would just weave them up into the tree and apparently that would give him solace um, and this child would stop crying to him every night uh, for a night or two. Um, and then when it started again, he would go out and do it again. Now, this lasted for 50 years. Yep. So he scrounged for dolls in the trash and from the canals. He hang them up in the island's many trees. He'd hang them whole um, or headless or torso-less um, or taken apart in other ways. Now, this doesn't sound like the actions of a person with a help, healthy grasp on reality, but there are many doubts to this legend. The biggest question is the reality of the little girl. Now, I'm going to not say any more about that. You're going to go into that. But in 2001, Don Julian Santana Barrera passed away. Now, the weird thing about it was that his body was discovered drowned in the canal. Now, in almost the exact place, he always said that he had found the little girl. Yeah. Creepy. Awesomely creepy. Yeah. Now, such a coincidinky. Yeah, such a coincidence. Now, in response, Taurus began flocking to the island to continue to pay tribute to the man that had looked after this child's spirit for the last 50 years and to him. Now, they bought dolls of their own. And to this day, people still honour both Santana Barrera and the girl, whether she is real or not, by hanging up dolls in tribute. So you can go there too. And as you said, there are fairies that will stop there and uh, let you off. And you can go and, you know, pay tribute. Now, in addition to the hundreds of dolls, the island also contains a small museum. Now, there are articles from local newspapers about the island and the previous owner. There is a store... And three rooms. Can I Uh, I get a fridge magnet? Yeah, one of which seems to be used as a bedroom. I love fridge magnets from haunted locations. Just saying, if anyone wants to send me some, I would love them. Okay. Now, in this room, you can see the first doll that Santana collected, as well as Augustinita, his favourite doll. And some of the visitors place offerings around the dolls in exchange for miracles and blessings. And some others change their clothes and maintain it as a form of worship. 
Oh, dear. Yes, yes. Now, I, I picked through a lot of articles, um, and there are a lot of articles. There are, More than anything, there are photographs. There yeah, are lots. a bazillion photographs. Um, but most of the articles will actually give you the same information over and over again. Now, yeah, this, surprise. as I said, is one story, one yeah. kind of thought of how all of this originated. But I'm going to hand over to you uh, and you can fill in the gaps. Well, I don't know if I can fill in the gaps, but if just add more mud to the waters. Yeah. Um, so normally I'm looking at the haunting aspects of the, the story and then we go into debunking it. Um, so some of the legends say that the dolls are there on the island uh, luring people to them mm-hmm. because they feed on the energy mm-hmm. um, because they're demonic. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently there was also a boat operator that was possessed um, approaching the I- island. Um, that's one of the stories that were reported. Uh, now, if we go into uh, Don Julio, uh, Julian himself, um, he began to hear whispers, footsteps, anguish wails of the women in the darkness. Um, so that was some of the paranormal phenomena that was going on there. They've had several ghost hunting teams that have gone over and done mm-hmm. investigations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I watched a bit of the Ghost Adventures one and um, they had one of the dolls all of a sudden started speaking. Um, and I, from what I remember, that Aaron actually bumped into it by the looks of it and it started to speak. But I watched some YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Because that's where all the knowledge of the world lies these mm-hmm. days. Yes, YouTube. Now, um, first off, there was a few inconsistencies with poor old Don. Um, I heard from one that he had left his wife and child to go to the island. Mm-hmm. That's a story he, he abandoned I told, them. yes, he abandoned them. Every other story I came across said that his girlfriend left him and... He was so distraught, he went to live on an island. Um, There's also another story that says he was the custodian of the island. Yeah. So Who who made him custodian of the island? I I don't know. Himself. Um, Then we go on to the story of the the girl that um, supposedly, allegedly, there's even doubt that that even happened. Yes. Yeah. I, the, the the main one that most people know is that there was a youngish girl aged between 10 and 13 that was found floating face down in the water and that there was a doll nearby mm-hmm. um, and that he tried to save her and couldn't. There was another story I heard that there were three women that were frolicking in the water and one of them started to drown and he could only save two of them and not the third one, which is why he felt so guilty. And it sounded like women, not girls. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that one's completely random, that one. Yeah. But later on, on that same video, he came back on again, the, the guy that was doing it, and said, I've heard another story, but I'm going to leave the other one there. And he went more into the traditional story. Uh, but there, the, there's two versions. There's one where the girl was found with the doll together or very close by, and another one where the girl was found and then the doll was found days or weeks later. Yeah. Um, but it all comes down to his guilt on not being able to save the girl. Um. 
Now, another inconsistency that I came across was the dolls themselves, um, in that they um, were... What did they say? They said that he bought dolls from all over the world to try and appease this this child spirit. How, how did he have the money to do have that? And what are they going to do? Post it to the freaking island? Yeah. So, so that's just this is what yeah. happens. We have to be very careful when we repeat these stories that we are getting the truth and not embellishing it because mm. it becomes Chinese whispers. That's if you just use logic. You can see that that cannot work. The man who does not have a great deal of money cannot afford that. There was another story that said that um, people would come to the island to get produce from him because he was selling pumpkins, I think it was, on the island, and he would exchange the pumpkins for dolls. Mm -hmm. Now, the one that makes sense to me out of all of it is that he scavenged for dolls. Yeah. That, that to me, logically makes sense. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we don't know the truth. We, we never will because this poor man um, who, in my own personal opinion, obviously was having mental health issues mm-hmm. of some form or other, has taken himself off to live on an island. Something's happened with this girl. I don't know whether... <sighs> You don't know what what has happened with this girl. And I'm not going to say anything that um, might, you know, reflect badly on this man because I don't know this man. Mm-hmm. But there is obviously guilt and there is... But if also if he's having um, uh, uh, issues uh, that are um, about his mental stability, he could be making all of this up because the, the family has said he had visions of this. Yeah. It was nothing that actually was reality. Or has he had a breakdown and harmed someone? That's That, that could be something as well. Mm. We don't know. Mm. Nobody's ever going to know. But what we do know is that the, the man has died. Mm-hmm. Um, he has left this legacy of the dolls uh, and that now his family, now there's someone said it was his son, but then I've been told it's his nephew, mm-hmm. uh, has taken over the island and um, they you charged to come onto the island mm-hmm. and that's fine. They're, you know, they've, they've got to make a living somehow or other. But... It's also the people of Mexico have found that this is a tourist attraction mm-hmm. and they've made fake doll islands. They have. There's apparently yes. three. Yes. And you've got to be careful that they don't take you to the fake one, which isn't as far. The one that you've got to go to is about three hours away on one of these putt-putt boats. Mm-hmm. Um, and while you're on your journey to the putt-putt boats... They're selling you everything that they can. <laughs> mangoes with chilli on it and there's tequila shots and cocktails all on these other putt-putt boats. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a thriving business yep. for these people people and um apparently there is bamboo all around the real one it's about three hours away from the port um and the fake islands have about five dolls on it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now um enterprising yeah i i I always feel we're stalking amy's crypt but um i did go to i saw hers as well crypt and uh, amy does a really good uh gives you a lot of information if you're really wanting to go there how to go to the real island yes. because one of the things that she was mentioning too is that there a lot of people are making a profit on taking yeah. you to the dodgy ones yep. um, and she has like the the 
lowdown on how to get to the real island if if you're interested. But um, I. I think it might be people's vivid imaginations with this being a haunted location because dolls terrify people, as you say. They do. Uh, and I did watch some videos and you could see this shadow moving and I think it was Jason from um, Taps mm-hmm. that was there with them. Uh, and you could see shadow moving and um, the thing is they've got cats everywhere on the island as well. So if they've got any sort of light source and a cat's walking in front of that or there's dogs on the island... Um, the other thing, and this is why I will not go to this island, they have the biggest freaking spiders I have ever seen oh, really? in my life. And really? we've seen some big ones. They're those bird-eating spiders? Yep. yep. Oh, and there was one of the videos where um, they were going to look at the main doll, um, that the one that started it all, yep. and this spider's legs started to come out from inside it. Oh. And, and they freaked out and they ran away because oh. I, I would have been there going, run away! run away and there were spider webs everywhere they're trying to get out because it's night time that's when the spiders build their webs and they couldn't get out because of all the freaking spiders oh that, that's terror in I itself who, who cares about the dolls I'm the not spiders brave no no but look as i said there's lots of modern dolls that are now coming onto the island because people are bringing mm-hmm. dolls in tribute they're starting off their own legends and now they're bringing dolls and asking for miracles there's a plate of coins there. People throw money in and you know what we're like. If mm-hmm. we see something that's got coins in it, we go, oh, this must be a wishing well. We'll chuck one in for good luck. Yep. So, and, and this is where the doll speaking can also come that's from. That's right. Because, because the dolls are now built to yeah. speak. And these batteries can last a freaking long time. Yes. You've got spiders crawling around in it. They can kick off the mechanism yep. and and then all of a sudden you've got the doll going, mama. Yeah. Mama. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I, I think it's a little bit of a tourist trap um but and there's really not much more to be able to tell you apart from the shadows and and hearing voices and footsteps and um because you've covered the rest of it Mm. but let me please read you some trip advisor reviews Mm -hmm. because we know how much we love these yeah and look let's let's go back to this whole urban legend thing um urban legends are part of our um our psyche uh yeah. we it's it's part of how we learn about mysticism and how we learn about legends and how we kind of um have our own sense of the unbelievable and people love urban legends and they truly believe in them and like you said they become something that over time is embellished um, and becomes terribly unreal mm-hmm. but the place is a mecca for dark tourism. Yeah. You know, if, if you want to go get freaked out, go to this island where all of these doll parts are hanging up in trees yep. and they look woeful and they look terrifying. But let me read you from Ruta A. Oh, hang on, I forgot the right one. Um, the heading is Ripoff. <laughs> This is a huge ripoff. The boat ride is 1,500 pesos, 81 US dollars per person. And when you get to the island, they charge you another 400 pesos, 21 dollars. If you have a DSLR or um, another camera, you get charged another 50 pesos to use your phone camera. Um, so all you're going to see is some old dolls strung up around the size of a yard. Spend your money elsewhere in Mexico. Uh, so now, it's, it's an acre. So yeah, it's just, not big. 
It's an acre. So in Australia, we have quarter acre blocks. So put four of those together yep. and that's the size of the space that you are in. Right. Now they've got this one. Uh, this is from Haley 970 uh, Worst experience ever. Be very careful how you can be sure because people who scammed us were the only people on the docks. So they look like legitimate organisers on the boat trips. The boat ride... Uh, was nice, but I was looking forward to seeing the island of the dolls for ages. We took the boat from uh, Xochimilco. Uh, they said, chocolate milko. <laughs> they said that they do the tours to the island of the dolls. The price was 2,700 pesos per boat. Uh-huh. Right, per boat. Mm-hmm. So you can have as many people on there for that one price. We found five more people on the docks who wanted to join us so they could share the, the amount. Everything looked right. Uh, and the way I read the reviews about getting to the island. So we had a local person talking in Spanish with them. So we thought they will not scam the locals. While we walked to the boat, the organisers have raised the price. This is when I started to get suspicious. We managed to keep the starting price. The organisers told us that we can pay after, that we can pay before the trip, that the price wouldn't change until the end of the trip. We paid 350 pesos each and they took us to the island where five dolls are hanging instead of thousands of them. We passed the replica island. Even that one had more dolls than the original one. Um, I don't think they ever got to the original one by the sounds of that. The guy who took us told us um, that the uh, government made them remove all the dolls from the island and that was all that was left. When they came back to their hostile room, they checked the photos and right line and realised they had been scammed. Yeah. Uh, but this is my favourite review out of all of them. Going on the tour made me feel like one of the dolls. This is from 662 Frank Lena. Absolutely terrible and horrifying. I took my four-year-old daughter here. <laughs> oh, why would you do thinking that? Thinking it was a land of dollhouses and happiness. <gasps> but it was more like a horror maze of dead people's lost toys. They should advertise it as what it is and not what they think uh, they want people to think it is. Not the happy fairy tale I was hoping for. Oh, my God. Did you not look up YouTube? <laughs> the poor child. The oh, four-year-old. And, and she would have been terrified for the rest of her life. That's going to scar forever. <laughs> no chucky milko for that child. <laughs> no. No. Jesus. Oh, my God. Woman. Oh, oh God. Look, you know, when I didn't find a great deal about the, the hauntings, I thought, well, I think we need to do this one anyway because mm-hmm. it, it is very well known and people do want to go there because mm-hmm. they've seen it on Ghost Adventures. Oh, they must go. Um, and, yeah, so um, it's a bit of a furphy. Renata, is this one a true haunting? No. <laughs> <laughs> it, oh. it, look, from the point of view of this poor man being haunted... He was haunted. He was haunted. But probably by his own um, obsessions. Yes. Totally. Um, the island and what he left behind is a legacy. Yep. Um, and it the, will live on. The people of Mexico, they're doing their thing. Well, they're making some money they're and good on them. They're making some money out of it. And it's up to us to be wary. Yeah. Work out the prices. Do your research before you go so it's not a Disneyland island of dolls. Yeah. Bloody hell, woman. Um, and and go and have a great day out and experience the culture and, and get your mango with chilli on it as you're going. Yeah, have a tequila shot. Yeah. You'll yeah. love the island even more. Take a bunch of photos. There take are thousands some, Take some Imodium with you to yeah. cope with. 
and what you've eaten on the boats. Watch the spiders. Yeah, no, nah, they're not. <laughs> and have a good time, for goodness sake. Yeah. Anyway, look, that brings us to the end of this week's episode of True Hauntings. I hope you've enjoyed our little presentation on Island of the Dead Dolls. Chocky milk. The chocky milk. Oh, we've got to have a quote from every episode, and that's the one for this week. Don't forget, if you'd like to become one of our financial patrons, and you can become a Patreon. Just head over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and search for Anne and Renata, and you will find us there. Thank you guys for being here. Remember, stay spooky, and we'll see you on the dark side. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.anneandrenata.com. True Hauntings is a part of the Human Labs Podcast Network. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.